Hello, welcome to Meet Me at the Movies. Uh, I am Noel T. Manning II with Thomas Manning. Uh, so good to have you all join us. Uh, however you choose to do that, whether that's through C19 TV uh, or through WGWG. And, and we do want to give a, uh, a shout out to uh, Mr. Greg Tillman, who is on medical leave. Uh, we're not sure how long. Uh, the, the, uh, the bionics they put into his body, uh, it, it takes a little time to adjust, as anybody who's ever had that done understands that takes a little time uh, and and if you're you know part of the undead family and you're trying to get you know rejuvenated that can take some time as well and we're going to be talking about uh the undead in a certain way today thomas uh you got a chance to check out an early screening of a uh, of a nick cage movie uh renfield uh but before we go into that just you doing okay this week oh yeah i'm doing great uh here a little bit of background noise uh sounds like a little bit of whining and i don't know if there's just like if you got a, like a mini train set in the background or something or <laughs> no, there's if, a whistle any, yeah if there's any screaming or whining it sounds like uh you know wailing animals that's all sound effects that we're adding uh for for this particular segment of, of meet me at the movies episode 502 uh by the way and for those of you that so wait a minute what happened to the big party for 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 episode 500 that's coming we're just doing it out of sequence as would you expect any different right here on meet me at the movies so the movie is renfield thomas uh we've been looking forward to this for for quite a while uh nick cage as count dracula uh and and you got got nick cage behind me for those who are watching this on on uh on, on a visual form nick cage behind me and then i've got the a Dracula thing behind me as well. So I've grown up, Thomas, loving the monster films, especially the universal monster films, and that kind of bled into my love of anything else relating to to monsters, especially vampires, uh, werewolves, uh, and the like. And so uh, I'm excited to get your thoughts on Renfield. And, and, you know, when you look at the trailer for this, it looks like uh, Cage is going full campy. So uh, is it is it a full camp cage, or is there more to it? Yeah, so based on the trailers I'd seen, I figured it was going to be predominantly a comedy film uh, with your classic monster horror elements. Uh, but I was also surprised to find that there was, this is more of an action comedy than anything, and action comedy is basically my favorite movie genre. Uh, this movie was basically tailor-made for me. I when I came out when I came out of the screening, I pulled up Letterboxd and uh, checked out a few other reactions, and was surprised to see a few. Some other people were not nearly as pleased with it as I was. I even saw some people say, "Who in the world was this made for? The tone is all over the place. What is going on here?" And I'm like, "It, it was me. That's me." Is the answer to that question? It was made exactly for me. Um, I I already knew that I was on board with Nicolas Cage as Count Dracula. The role he was born to play, and uh, he definitely lives up to it. So, uh, you said action comedy. It sounds like there's a whole lot more action. Now, if you're going to compare this to other films of the like, are there other films that would fit in this category? Zombieland, Shaun of the Dead, any of those maybe have similarities? Yeah, those two you mentioned in particular are great comparisons. Uh, the blood and the gore is insanely over-the-top and cartoonish. It kind of reminds me of your early Sam Raimi or Peter Jackson B-horror Splatterfest movies. Uh, the, pra 
the practical effects are just fantastic. Uh, there's a scene where Nicholas Holt, who plays Renfield, the title character, he literally rips off a bad guy's arms and beats somebody else with those arms, and then throws them like then throws those arms like a javelin at other bad guys. So, <laughs> so it's it, it is violent, uh, but it's an over the top violent that's done for. Not necessarily the shock value, but for the humor value. Yeah, I mean, I would say it's kind of a it's it's a equal mix of shock and humor value, but it's not like real. It's not realistic gore. It's not something like you'd see in uh, well a movie that I talked about a few months ago, Project Wolf Hunting, which uh, was an action film out of uh, out of Korea, I believe, and the action there was just so um, grotesque. And but it still maintains some realism, but this stretches into the fantastical. So it's uh, I think even for people who aren't a huge fan of blood and gore, I mean they're going to come into this and they're going to be shocked. But because it doesn't stretch into that something that that's not anatomically how things work, so it's not as as terribly um, terribly grotesque. Okay, and, and the storyline. Give us, give us a, a, a quick, a quick synopsis uh, of the film. So, for those who may not be aware, it's it's about Count, uh, not Count Chocula, but Count Dracula and his his you know his little minion Renfield. But but the story is more than that, right? Well, yeah, Renfield is trying to escape from the clutches of Dracula, who's basically had him as his servant for centuries, and uh, it's it's a toxic relationship. And he, he wants to do good in the world, but uh, his his power comes from Dracula, and in order to feed Dracula, he basically has to feed Dracula's souls of the innocent. Um, and that's the whole the whole story is Renfield's kind of moral um, moral dilemma and trying to find a way to live a life of positivity and you know put good into the world while still maintaining his own um, maintaining his own life wow that's that's really interesting it's a morality tale of someone who is giving the souls of others to you know to the prince of darkness basically okay so yeah. uh, so, so did, did cage go full-on rage and cajun in this uh, yeah, so Nicholas, uh, the makeup and prosthetics on him are something that really stand out. Uh, in a few scenes, I sat there and thought to myself, you know, wow, this is absolutely repulsive. Uh, I can't believe what I'm looking at here. And that's just with the incredible uh, makeup talent behind the scenes. They did their jobs. Uh, and Nicholas Holt is a very talented performer, and he gets to show off his leading man chops here. Um, so the movie is called Renfield. It's obviously going to be his story. But there were a few moments or a few periods in the movie where I really wanted to get away from Holt and get get back to the main attraction for me personally, which was Nicolas Cage as Dracula. Uh, so is this a problem for the film at large? You know, Maybe somewhat. I don't see a world in which Nicolas Cage Dracula doesn't overshadow Nicholas Holt as Renfield. Um, and kind of the, you know, the whole point of the movie is the character of Renfield trying to overcome this toxic relationship. Um, and Cage as Dracula makes that villainous toxicity just so entertaining. Um, I don't think I would have had as much fun with this movie if it wasn't Cage playing Dracula. Um, and 
So I guess thematically there are some shortcomings in terms of the narrative's attempt to explore those relationship dynamics. Uh, the script didn't quite reach its full potential, but if I'm going to be totally honest, I didn't come to this movie expecting a tight script with nuanced storytelling. I, it delivered It delivered what I signed up for. Yeah, and, and I think what the director's intent was, and for those who know what they're getting into but you you said there was kind of the surprise of how much action there was in this which you didn't expect so that's good that you kind of lay that out there for for those that are uh, anticipating maybe a horror comedy uh there is that but it's not strictly that uh other comments uh you want to make sure you share about renfield uh, and 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 i think let me say this uh holt is an is a great actor and so uh, having him uh, along with, with Nick Cage, I think, is pretty solid as well. Any final thoughts or comments before you uh, dive in with your grade? Uh, well, basically, uh, the whole theater was just hooting and hollering and having a grand old time watching <laughs> a 90-minute popcorn flick and uh, a packed house of very engaged audience members. Awesome. Uh, this, is the, this is the second time recently where I have to make note of the power of watching a comedy with the right audience who is locked in with the material and... That was the case again with this movie, um, and you know it is unfortunate that you you don't always know walking into a theater how the audience is going to be, and s- some other audience members might walk into this and have an experience that's not nearly as um, you know not nearly as engaging as mine. But right. speaking from my experience, I did um, yeah I watched it with the right crowd and uh, very much appreciated. And I'm going to give this movie a solid B. Awesome, solid B for Renfield and. That is uh, in theaters now. Uh, There's a film that I'm going to give you a a kind of a a snapshot of, Thomas. Um, Blackberry is uh, based on the true story of the the rise and fall of the world's first smartphone. Uh, And I used to have a Blackberry, uh, and and I loved it. And I had a Palm uh, Trio phone as well. I mean, I remember those early smartphones, and I just loved them even before the iPhone uh, the, the story uh, is uh, uh, written and directed by Matt Johnson. Uh, it uh, stars uh, Jay Baruchel in this. It's a dramedy, so it's got that that uh, dramatic aspect of what you would see in a true story, but also that kind of real-life comedy that, that bleeds into it. Uh, it is going to be released wide, uh, I'm sorry, limited theaters on uh, May the 12th, and it made its uh, North American premiere uh, South by Southwest, uh, not too long ago. Uh, and I think if you're going to look for a triple feature to watch, maybe look at Air, Blackberry, and Tetris, uh, and, and all that to set up that I did find this film really engaging. Uh, I found it uh, entertaining, and if you're looking for something that gives you a, kind of a behind-the-scenes business uh, of the way that things uh, have happened, uh, and, and sometimes that fight for control within the chaos or the fight to thrive within the chaos this this movie does that it's a story of david's versus goliath it's a story of misplaced trust and also brilliance that is abused uh excellent casting in this solid narrative uh, there are a lot of these kind of gotcha moments uh and there are also these scenes that will speak without dialogue that, that you find yourself going wow that's that's pretty fascinating how they're able to t- kind of tell this story. There's one scene uh, of the creators of the Blackberry watching uh, Steve Jobs kind of steal the limelight with his own version of uh, the coming Blackberry, the iPhone. Uh, if you're a tech nerd, uh, if you love history, 
if you're drawn to aspects of how businesses succeed and how some may fail, uh, make the call to, to see this one. It, it'll, it'll be worth your time. Um, solid B-plus for me for the film Blackberry, Thomas. But your Blackberry, I remember very vividly when I was in elementary school, whenever we were out shopping together on a Saturday or something, uh, I'd be like, hey, hey, Dad, can I see your Blackberry? I want to check <laughs> some college football scores or check some college basketball <laughs> scores. i got to see what's going on in the top 25. And uh, that's, <laughs> that's predominantly my memories with the Blackberry smartphone. So uh, you know, is there any, any exploration of the power of uh, ESPN.com on Blackberry? <laughs> They don't they don't uh, talk about that much in this movie, but uh, it is really fascinating. And, and I've uh, you know I've been a fan of uh, of Jay Burchell for for really a while. And uh, I remember one of the first junkets I got a chance to be a part of in the last few years was uh, how to, how to train the dragon. And it was uh, great to be able to chat with him and to see him in a role like this, Thomas, which is a, a different kind of role and. Uh, I, I think it's worth your time. Two hours, two minutes long, so it's you know it's a decent uh, decent length film. But um, the pacing really works well with with this film. Uh, B plus. Uh, it's, it's nice to see these films that give you these snapshots of history, uh, and we've talked about three of them um, so far, at least teased anyway. All right, we're going to take a, a quick intermission right here on Meet Me at the Movies. I am. Uh, Noel T. Manning the second, along with Thomas uh, Manning, uh, talking films. Uh, after the break, uh, we're going to talk about a couple of other things, and hopefully we'll get an interview in. I know Thomas has an interview with uh, a, a couple folks from the Florida. Is it the Florida man? Is that uh, right? Just Florida man. There's no the. Uh, once again. <laughs> <laughs> so Florida man. So we're hoping to get that uh, interview in after the break uh, as well. So hang around after this quick intermission. Won't you come and meet me at the movies? Won't you come and watch a Hi, I'm Shara Miller, the host of Artworks. Each month we bring to you wonderful, talented artists from here in, in Cleveland County and, and the region. We have artists, we have potters, we have painters, we have musicians, we have actors. We just have wonderful artists that come to you and tell you about all that they're doing, their creativity, what inspires them. Join me here on Artworks each month on C19. You can also watch us online at c19.tv. At CCC, we're all about training students for exciting careers. Our Barber Academy is a great example. Did you know jobs for barbers, stylists, and other related fields are increasing? Competition for the best jobs will be strong. With your CCC training, you'll have a definite edge. Our courses give you the skills and knowledge you need to sit for North Carolina's Apprentice Barber exam. To move up the ladder, you need at least one year of on-the-job training before you take the state's registered barber exam. If you pass, it's official. You'll be a registered barber. While private barber schools can cost $10,000 or more, CCC makes it affordable. Plus, you can complete our Barber Academy in only 15 months. Now the question is, are you ready to start your journey today? Won't you come and meet me at the movies? Won't you come and watch? Hello, welcome back to Meet Me at the Movies. I am Noel T. Manning the second, hanging out with uh, Thomas Manning. Uh, we're talking the cinema because we can. And remember, cinema is a term that uh, it, it can be on your phone. It could be on your Kindle, if you got one of those, your iPad. It can be a laptop, 
home viewing, or of course in the theaters. Uh, so, or on uh, your uh, PlayStation Portable or your PSP. That's maybe. right. That's right. However you choose. Maybe your BlackBerry. Maybe you've got an old school BlackBerry that you've, you've updated a bit. You've, 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 you've found a way to juice it up that you can watch stuff on it. That's, however you choose, that's what we're going to talk about. So... Uh, uh, something I'm going to talk about, Thomas, uh, I'm, I'm a Letterman fan. I mean, David Letterman fan, have been for years, also a U2 fan. And so when I heard that Letterman and members of U2 were coming together for uh, a documentary, a different kind of documentary, I was really, really intrigued by this. Uh, Disney Plus released last month um, a, uh, a feature-length doc called Bono and the Edge, A Sort of Homecoming. Uh, it's a music doc that I found enlightening, invigorating, also entrancing, Thomas. It's one part documentary, one part just dialogue, and another part of a stripped-down concert. Um, it's a beautiful story, and uh, there's three components to this piece. Uh, it, it looks at the art of songwriting. It looks, looks at the relationship between The Edge and Bono, uh, especially 50 years of friendship there. Uh, and it's also the story of Ireland, and, and I did not expect that going in. Uh, Morgan Neville, who is an Emmy, Grammy, and Oscar-winning uh, director, uh, films like 20 Feet from Stardom and Won't You Beat My Neighbor, one of my favorite docs of all time. Uh, he is the person behind putting this together. Uh, some of the things that really stood out to me about this documentary, Thomas, um, you two, they talk about, uh, one of the scenes they talk about, uh, their halftime show, and they did a halftime show uh, which was post 9-11, so it was the first um, Super Bowl halftime show uh, after 9-11 happened, and so many times when we think about Super Bowl halftime shows now, we think about the spectacle, we think about, you know, just how crazy is this going to be, but this was really less spectacle, and it was more about a tribute um, to the memory of those who were fallen, and it was just a beautiful and a different type of halftime show. If you've not seen it, uh, I would uh, I would uh, really recommend that you go back and take a look at the, the U2 Super Bowl halftime show. It was just it was just incredibly beautiful. Um, Letterman kind of weaves this story together um, through walking down the streets, talking to regular people about. Um, the, the kind of U2 experience, talking to other musicians who were inspired by U2, uh, and then, of course, one-on-one um, -on -one and one-on-two interviews with The Edge and Bono. And, and I love what, what Letterman does with this. I've always enjoyed him as uh, an interviewer. I've always enjoyed his humor. Uh, and to see him do things in a serious way uh, and... and bring up that is it was really impressive too he's got a netflix series that he's been doing since retirement the past few years called you know i think it's called the next the, you know the next big guest or my next guest is i'll have to get that title right i should have done better research but just look at letterman on netflix uh and look at those interviews but there's one scene in this where letterman goes to this beach area called the 40 foot it's dublin's 40 foot and it's kind of the beach entrance to the city and uh he's having this really interesting experience where people that'll go plunging into this cold cold water and letterman's like nah i'm not i'm not going to do that it's a little too cold for me but but thanks well um he, letterman's experience uh, there at that what's called the 40 foot was shared with bono and the edge from uh, neville shared that kind of experience of letterman had and so that night 
Bono and the Edge actually wrote and created a song based on Letterman's experience called The 40-Foot Man. And so they did that overnight, and that was kind of shared within this documentary. And when when that was shared, it showed me, Thomas, just the talent of what you've got with, with these band members who can just create something that quickly. And it was produced, and it was pretty, pretty incredible. So um, at the end of this doc, and this is not giving anything away, really, other than... Uh, than telling you how it ends. But Letterman, uh, after the interviews and everything was wrapped, he actually came back and decided to plunge deep into the the 40 foot. So uh, uh, Bono sang that song and it was just, uh, I was really impressed by that. Uh, Also impressed by getting this history of Ireland that I really didn't know and, and seeing how it influenced music and how it influenced people and how the religious aspects of what was happening and is still happening um, played into the role of the music of U2. Uh, what U2 did during the pandemic was they revisited many of their songs, Thomas, many of their old songs, and uh, found ways to recreate them. But they also said that they found ways to finish songs that they never felt were finished. Love this documentary, uh, and you get a chance to see them stripped down and playing in front of a small audience as well with uh, a cello and just acoustic instruments and uh, other members of musicians and singers and songwriters from Dublin serving as backup. A solid A-plus rating for this documentary that you can find. Uh, You can now find that on Disney+. Plus. Bono and the Edge, a sort of homecoming. Well, Thomas, um, you got a chance to do an interview uh, with uh, a Florida man He's not really from Florida, but there's a series, uh, A Florida Man. Do you want me to offer any other kind of introduction or just kind of uh, go to go to that tape that you've got for us? Uh, yes, I'm talking to Edgar Ramirez and Abby Lee about uh, Florida Man, which is going to be streaming on Netflix, a seven-episode limited series uh, from creator Donald Todd. And this was just really fun conversation, and I really appreciated the time I got to spend with them. I really appreciate both of you taking the time for this and really excited to be talking with you about Florida Man. And uh, I want to say I just love the title of the show itself and how that's a play on all the news headlines we hear and the wild stories that come from the state of Florida. So I want to ask uh, what kind of background, if any, did each of you have with the state of Florida prior to making the show? And, you know, are there any memorable stories or headlines that you'd heard that really stuck out? Well, my only, well, my main experience with um, with Florida was um, a long time ago doing a job in, in Miami and coming from Australia where there is a, um, there's a more conservative nature in the way that people express themselves, I feel, in Australia. Whereas when I went to Florida, the, um, to Miami, the sheer size of things and the extravagance of things and um, <clears throat> there was a slight um, absurdity to to some parts of Miami that I found that I just thought were fantastic. And so for me, I guess my first experience of Florida was just, um, I was in awe of it because I'd never really seen anything like it. Um, yeah, so that was, that. I would say that's my experience of it. Yeah. No, the first time that I came to the United States, it was to the state of Florida. You know, I mean, as, as a Venezuelan, I went to Disney World, went to Orlando, and I wanted to 
to practice my English and turn out that everyone spoke Spanish <laughs> in <laughs> Orlando. So, and actually in the Orlando area is where, is where the show is kind of like recreated, you know, in the, in the coastal part of, 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 of Central Florida. And, um, and I, rem I remember I was with my family. There was a moment in our lives that my family, my family was living in Florida. They were living in Miami. I was still in Venezuela. And then I came to visit and a hurricane was coming. And then my dad didn't pay attention. He's like, no, this is just the media telling that the, that the hurricane is coming and he didn't want to, you know, like evacuate until, you know, basically we needed to evacuate. And then we went to Orlando. And once we got to a hotel in Orlando, there was a tornado warning. So it's like, wow. I remember that feeling of, of, it's like, okay, are we going to escape from the weather wow. eventually, you know, mm -hmm. um, uh, that, and, and I don't know, I, I also had the, the opportunity to go, um, to go to the places where, where, where the show is, where the show, uh, the places that inspired the show. And it was a very, it was a very important experience for me um, to, to get all the sensorial, you know, um, uh, experience of those places, the people that I saw, the, 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 you know, the, the beaches that I saw, the, the places, it was really important to me. Because, because in the end, the, 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 the show is, is, the show is fun and it's, and it's colorful and it's sexy and it's cheeky, but there's also, there's also real people trying to, trying to make the best out of the situations, you know? I mean, you see also that, that in these characters, the more they run away from the ghosts of their, of their past, the quicker they come back to haunt them. So basically, our characters, um, um, Abby's character, Deli, and my character, Mike, the more, I mean, like their way out of trouble is to create more trouble, you know, which in a way is kind of like the spirit of the Florida Man, Florida Man meme. Mm -hmm. Like there's always a, a very extravagant, crazy way for someone to, to resolve a situation, and that's what we do in the show. We try to really stay out of trouble by making and creating more trouble, which I think that many people can identify with. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. And I uh, also want to ask about working with, uh, of course, Donald Todd as supervisor of the series. And you also each worked with a total of four directors across the eight episode series. So what did each of you notice in terms of transitioning between the different directors over the course of the season and adapting to their filmmaking approaches? Well, it's a very interesting experience having to work with numerous people with one character because a new director comes in and they have their own idea of, um, of ways that they might want your character to move or behave. Or, and I don't mean physically move, I just mean move through the world, the way that they move through the world and the way that they respond to people. And, and there can be an instinct to want to push against that because you've made really solid decisions about who you think your character is. But there's something interesting about allowing that to come through and see what perspective it can put on your character that you maybe haven't seen before. Or, um, and there was, I didn't find that there was any moment where I was like, that's completely wrong. There was some, sometimes you had to negotiate, but um, for the most part, I found all the directors fantastic to work with in their own way and to have done as kind of, you know, that, that godlike figure is just watching over everyone and making sure that the pieces are all, um, they're, they're constantly being put together in, in the right way and in, 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 in keeping with the show's tone and what the show's trying to say. I think each director has their own superpower, you know, and, um, and, and I, I, I felt it that way, that they would all bring something very unique that has to do with their personality. And I think that every time we work with a different director, I think that they were... And like 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 bringing more richness to to the character, so it was pretty seamless in a way. 
And yeah, as Anabi said, the Don was always there to to kind of like monitor that that the that, that, that the tone that the tone was kept on the right track because the thing what, one of the things that I that we find uh, one of the most interesting things about about the show is precisely the tone because it's a very delicate tone. I mean, it is a comedy, but it's not necessarily like a broad ha 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 comedy. It's kind of like it's, it's offbeat and weird and delicious and dangerous mm -hmm. and and cheeky and sexy. And and that 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 was a very that, that that was a very delicate line that that we all tried. I mean, it was a very tight rope that we all tried to to walk on. Everyone, I mean, the actors, the directors, the the producers, every everybody was collaborating to keep that tone to to, to be faithful to that tone. So it was um and and, and I hope and I hope that you guys uh, will will enjoy it because um, as, as much as we did. Well, uh, Edgar and Abby, I know you both have a very busy day, but I really do appreciate you fitting me into your schedule. And uh, hopefully we get another chance to talk about some of your future projects. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Uh, we're going to wrap things up right here. Uh, meet me at the movies. Uh, we are going to wrap it up with a movie quote of the week. And since we were talking about monsters uh, earlier uh, in the show with Renfield, I thought we'd, uh, we'd pull a, a quote from uh, Mike Wazowski from Monsters Incorporated from 2001. Remember, laughter is 10 times more powerful than screams, uh, unless, of course, uh, Nick Cage is after you dressed as Count Dracula. So until next time, for Meet Me at the Movies, uh, I am uh, Noel T. Man in the Second, along with Thomas Manning. And for this week, that's a wrap. Music